0: To the Animation Addicts Podcast, episode 157. My Little Pony, the Movie, the Alicorn of Podcasts. Welcome to the Animation Addicts
1: Podcast with the Rotoscopers, Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, Don Bluth, and everything in between. My name is Chelsea Robson, and I am here with my fabulous co-host, Morgan Stradling.
0: Extra sparkly, yes, indeed.
1: So many sparkles. So the Rotoscopers at the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, basically what we do is we sit back, we relax, and we talk and nerd out on our favorite animated films. Sometimes we go back in time to like the beginning of animation, all the way to the present day. And today, we are going very present. We're talking about My Little Pony, the movie, which comes out on the day that this episode is released.
0: Yes, it'll be released October 6th, 2017.
1: But first, before we go into that, we had a fantastic discussion with the lovely Leanne Cruz, who is one of our patrons. And so we are jumping in first to a nerdy couch discussion.
2: One small thing to-
1: Hello, Leanne. Hi. Welcome to the Nerdy Couch.
2: Yay! Yay! <laughs> Welcome, Leanne. We are super pumped. Thank you very much for having me, girls. I, um, I've been a fan of the Rotoscopers since way back when. I want to go with what I think I found you guys at Pottercast. I think was that it. I don't remember how I came across here, but since oh, maybe when episode we interviewed five, Frack, maybe. That's possible, yes, but it's been a while, and I've been such a fan and supporter, so it's really exciting to be here with you guys, so thank you very much, it's a pleasure.
0: Nice, one of our original listeners, wow. that's so awesome. you know, actually, I, I think, just... think I remember that, when they, like,
2: introduced us or mentioned us on Potter, or MuggleCast. Oh, oh yeah, Muggle, yes, oh, yes, oh, yes, I, yes. Too many, too many Potter podcasts, but thank totally. you, I'm yes. Totally,
0: like, <laughs> I will, all of them, let's just listen to all of, all of the Potter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so... With everybody that ever comes to the Nerdy Couch and basically everybody that ever comes on the show, we always start out with a mini segment called Catch and Fire. Woo. And you said that you're familiar with this game? Yes, I am. Alright, so basically it's a bunch of rapid fire questions. Answer them basically as off the top of your head as possible, and then we will see how you rate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's no rating. Then we will judge you, and
0: we will judge you hard. <laughs> well then,
1: about a quick round of Catch and Fire. Catch and Fire? You mean me? You're the only one with enough
2: courage.
1: <laughs> Alright, so our first question is, what is the first animated movie you remember seeing?
2: I remember seeing 101 Dalmatians. Nice. Or was it Bambi? Oh, sorry. Let's go with Bambi. Bambi is going to okay. get be- Favorite cartoon growing up? Sailor Moon. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Sorry. That's what came up to my head. What's your favorite animated movie? Aladdin. That is my favorite all time.
1: Yes. Ah, it looks like you and Morgan are going to be good friends.
0: Yeah, (laughs) we're already best friends. Again, with the judging and judging hard, I'm like, just whatever. Talk
2: later. (laughs) Who is your favorite animator or artist? Um, I don't know their names at the top of my head, but again, I think Glenn Keane from Little Mermaid and all of his wonderful things, so yes, him. It's hard not to like Glenn. (laughs) Classic animation or CGI?
1: I like classic. Favorite animation studio? Uh, I'm going to go with Pixar. All right. Disney or Pixar?
2: Pixar. Leica or Studio Ghibli? Studio Ghibli.
1: Okay, songs or no songs? Songs, please, yes. <laughs> okay, so you and I are going to be good friends. Now. <laughs> All right, heroes or villains? Heroes. Are you going to go with Tiana or Mulan?
2: Mulan. Sorry, Tiana.
1: <laughs> Favorite animated dog?
2: Oh, I love Doug from Up. Aww. He's my fave.
1: <laughs> he is great. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who would win in a fight?
2: Frozone or Elsa? Oh, my gosh. Um, I'm going to go with my girl Elsa. Sorry, Frozone, as awesome as you are. I think that she would just beat your booty. <laughs> yes.
1: She can also create life. So <laughs> Right. <laughs> All right. Here's the final and most important question. Which would you rather watch? Mulan 2
2: or Norm of the North? Oh my gosh. I think I would have to pick Mulan 2.
0: (laughs) They're both horrible. Oh
2: my (laughs) gosh. But guess what? You passed! (laughs) Yay! Yay! Thank you very much. Awesome. Yay! 52
1: out of 52 well done being one of our top patrons you had a question for us and so we invited you on the nerdy couch to be able to ask that question because i thought this was going to be excellent so
2: let's hear it (laughs) okay um i am a product of the disney renaissance um i grew up when there was Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and all those really classic Disney films. I'm a high school teacher, so I, I do Disney quotes and I have movie puns and things like that, and they never get it, and it's so disappointing. Oh, no! Then, right, I know. I, and then that, that kind of that's kind of my question. Like, how does that shape, you know, how Disney is today? Like, I know that there are new classics and things like that. And as a teacher, I'm just very curious as to how that shapes... I guess our generations, maybe not consumption of Disney material, but how that affects how we enjoy our animated, you know, animation, and how about um, our interactions with the future generations or those that that are ahead of us? Because again, I will quote Disney. I'll quote Disney films, Disney movies all the time in my classes. And it's, it's so sad when my students don't get anything and I don't know, it's very disheartening. So the future of animation fans, how do you feel about that? How that, how does that shape how we feel or how we'll interact? Or I know Morgan, you have your son, Graham. How is that going to, how is that going to, you know, shape that?
0: Yeah, so again, like you said, we're all products of the 90s and that's something that's really to be honest, very instrumental in forming who we are today because at least for me, all those Disney films that I grew up watching just are still a huge part of of everything. Like you said, quotes and and just it uh, and it just—we happened to be very lucky—the fact that the films during the '90s, for the most part, especially the Disney ones, were the good ones. So we got really spoiled with all this fantastic material. That we just, of course, assumed that everything else afterward was going to be just as good. You know, that shows our naivete and youth. But yeah, for me, I mean, it was something that was uh, made me love movies. Grew it, grew up you know then researching the different books that the movies were on and then the the music and the songs i feel like as soon as i got an ipod the very first thing that i did was take all of my disney cd's and put them you know digitally on the ipod yeah. and it was my <laughs> thing i would just have that disney playlist going and That's now awesome. i don't really you know listen to my disney playlist as much as i did then but i think it really gave me a sense of identity when I think in your young years, you're still trying to figure out who you are. And Disney was something that I just really resonated with and held on to for a really long time.
1: Yeah, it's so interesting. You know, I was able to spend about a week or so in North Carolina with my brother and his four kids. Now, the oldest is 11 and the youngest is about four. And I would be like, like hey, let's watch a movie or something. And they'd seen most of the movies that I had put out. But it's just such a different generation because they have so much. Yes. I mean, you have so much on YouTube, you have so much just available. And so like one of my nieces, she is obsessed with certain YouTube personalities and certain YouTube shows and they find and they gush and they, and because you and I grew up talking and finding other Disney fans and gushing over that, they have their friends that they're able to gush over these different YouTube personalities with. And you know, it's just very interesting. Because, you know, they have access to so much, and right, we didn't. <laughs> you know, we grew up in a time when it's like, the only previews that we ever got were on the VHS of the last one. That's true. We grew up in a time when the VHS was the thing, <laughs> and the only, like, previews we ever saw, like, we didn't have computers, and so the only thing that we ever saw was... You know, four years prior to the next one, they had the preview for the upcoming one. And we were like, oh, my gosh, got to get it. And that in itself, because we didn't have so many things pulling for our attention, I think it made it easier for us to find others who were also into that. And, you know, I just wonder, like, how many people are going to be in this generation that are like, oh, yeah, I totally know what you're talking about. And, (laughs) you know, It's just, it's so diverse, you know?
0: Yeah, I think one thing that you're making me think about, you're talking about how, you know, we had very limited access to these things. We didn't have things we could just pull up on the internet. We had our VHS collection, and then our friends or other family members' VHS collection, and a lot of times they were different. And whatever we had on ours was really, we watched it on repeat over and over and over and over again. Which is why we can quote, yes. Yes, (laughs) But I think that's one reason why Disney did show us what the next movie was going to be a year in advance, because they knew that we were. this was the only thing we were going to watch for the next year. It was just going to be on repeat, so it would constantly be in our heads. And I think today, we always talk about, like, why, you know, Disney has this amazing movie, Frozen. It's going to come out. It has two princesses. How come they haven't told anyone about it? And it's just because nowadays, people's attention spans are so short. They can't really give you that information a year in advance, unless you're like a hardcore super fan. Unless you are a hardcore super fan at D23 where you're actively seeking that out. But everyone else, they have a short attention span. And then there's that much more competition for their attention with, you know, the number of animation studios we have today versus then. Um, and that's just in the animation space. So I think we had a simpler time. <laughs> <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, simpler for sure.
0: But I guess, you know, it's
1: interesting. All of us that grew up in this age are now the creators. And so I feel like our age group is now creating what worked for us. And so it's like, oh, we want more of that. Uh, right. Hence
0: hence all the reboots of all the yes. 80s and 90s cartoons and <laughs> yes. movies. It's like yes. we have yes. no creative thoughts ourselves, but we really like this. So let's bring <laughs> that back, DuckTales. I'm looking at you. <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> well, even all the live action reboots. Yes. And we
2: have 19 more live actions to go. It's just... I I don't understand. I don't know. It's like we're not quite reinventing the wheel, but like you both had said because we're so influenced by these things, it seems to be prevalent in what we create now. It definitely informs what is out there at the moment and I'm I'm just kind of it is interesting and I'm kind of curious to see what comes out of it. What is there like a a Disney Renaissance equivalent for this coming generation? Like I can't really figure that out so many students or so many kids my nieces and nephews same thing I'm noticing that they're you know interested in other things and I want to be you know you want to be there for them you want to enjoy the same things that they enjoy but it's like what is it I don't understand and you just want to have that connection with you know your family or you know your friends and just young people and it's it's a little bit not disconcerting just interesting like you said Chelsea I don't know I don't know what it's going to be. And it's kind of exciting, but also kind of scary because we're used to this, (laughs) right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Don't make us feel old.
0: (laughs) I spent a lot of time invested in this one thing. I'm not going to learn anything else. So you learn my thing or else. Right. (laughs) Which is, I think this is very common of every generation where, you know, they, they have their things that they grew up with. And because you're little or smaller, that's really everything to you. And then you don't really branch out after that as far as the, what the new kids are into. Man, we're so old. Jeez. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I was listening to a podcast, and it was actually interviewing one of the musical producers. Not the music producer, but one of the... He basically goes in and he acquires different music from different artists and then puts them in the movie. The musical supervisors. And... So he made a comment that he said that there was a study done that a majority of the people don't pay attention or don't even, like, learn new current music after they're 18 years old. 18?
0: Yikes. (laughs) Uh, when we graduated high school, that was not a good time for music. I like simple plan. Ugh. Oh, Shutter. my goodness! Nickelback. I mean,
1: <laughs> I actually don't understand why Nickelback gets such a, a bad rap, but you know, whatever. I like some of their songs anyway. <laughs> I mean, I was also thinking about my nieces around. It's like they
2: came around, like, this is the frozen generation. Yes, I was thinking that it would is. Frozen gonna be like the I don't know like the Lion King Aladdin of their particular generation. I also yeah. think High School Musical also is really prevalent in that aspect as well in terms of you know our our youth at the moment.
1: I would say that's in between us and the Frozen generation, the right? High School Musical generation. <laughs> I mean, all of my nieces and nephews, they were, like, in love with Frozen. They had all the toys. They would act things out in their spare time just for fun. Like, it was just all over. Mm-hmm. I mean, even Tangled, which didn't really come out too much prior, I would say that that was, like, the probably the real start of the this new era. What is it?
0: The revival era. Yes,
1: the revival era. And... I just wonder, like, what to expect from this revival era. Right. Because some
2: of these kids have never seen even The Lion King. Such a shame. I know. <laughs> Why? Why haven't you seen it? What is wrong oh with you? Oh, my gosh.
1: <laughs> and it's like our generation, almost all of us, They we look and see 2D animation is just so awesome. Right. And, like, all of these kids, they look at it and they're like, oh, that's kind of old. And it's like they don't even appreciate it. And I'm like, oh, No. No. <laughs> But, I mean, it's just amazing because they're used to CGI and, like, how to train your dragon and having, ever like, all the water being so almost real-like and anything less is just, it's old and mm-hmm. not as good.
0: I think what it comes down to is that over time, history repeats itself and every era, every generation has their thing that, yes. you know, will... Be very impactful to them when they're young, and you know, I'm between this. Mm -hmm. four and 12 year old period I think and it's something that really defines you and then you're going to always have very positive sentiment and emotions for that later on in life so for us we're always going to be talking about Disney and for the new kids you know they're going to talk about Frozen the way that we talk about Beauty and the Beast and Little Mermaid and Lion King and it's just it's different and I'm just grateful that. you know, I'm part of the 90s, which is the best. <laughs> Everyone thinks yeah. they the best, but come on. For the 90s. It's true.
1: <laughs> Even the kids growing up nowadays, you know, like, they have these videos that are like, kids react to the 90s, and they're like, oh, my gosh, this toy
2: is awesome. I'm like, yeah, it is.
0: <laughs> Do you have any
2: final thoughts, Leanne? Um, No, not really. It's just, again, we each generation, like you said, has its own thing and it's just it's going to be really interesting as we see these generations that pop up you know what what will be their thing and what will be their you know is it going to be frozen or is it going to be these youtubers and i guess we it's going to be really interesting as we grow older to see what that will be for the generations before and we can just you know just watch them and be like oh yeah i remember that you know, like I remember that feeling. OK, so thank you guys. Yeah, it's really great. But
1: you're also in a really great spot because it's like you can ask them. Right. <laughs> you're like, OK, so what is cool these days?
2: Tell it me. is really. And then they'll say certain things and I'm like, what? Like, I, I kind of don't even want to look at it. Like, I'm like, OK, that's cool. And then I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to look mm-hmm. it up. I'm, I'm not going to Google it. I'm it's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I won't. I respect it. I'm like, whatever floats your boat. As long as it's not going to hurt anyone, and it's, you know, it's all good.
1: Leanne, thank you so much for being a patron, and thank you so much for joining us on the
2: Nerdy Couch today. Oh, you're very welcome. I, it was a pleasure. And, again, you guys do such great work, and I, it's such a joy to, you know, tune in every week to see what's up with animation. So thank you.
0: Thank you. But there's
2: <laughs> a Beneath those fears and doubts So just squash them And let it shine For all the world to see
0: That it is time Yeah, time to be awesome So, yes, we are excited to talk about My Little Pony the movie. This is something that we have occasionally done from time to time where we review the newest released animated films. And it just depends on our schedules and whatever works best. And Chelsea and I just happen to both be able to go to this screening and see it ahead of time and then record our episode. And boom, here we are. And, yes, let's jump right into it. Boom. So My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. It came out in 2010 initially and then just had this huge sweeping Fandom and craze and typically fans of My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic, are referred to as bronies. And that originally came from because there were tip- a lot of guys that ended up watching this series. And it definitely was not targeted towards males, even young males, but even <laughs> males that were in their 20s or older. <laughs> and it just it, because it was just so smartly written, it was such a good series, it attracted this audience that Hasbro just couldn't believe. And so bronies kind of became this term. Initially, it was for, you know, guys that like ponies, but then it became this term for basically anybody who liked ponies, who was more of an adult or a fan. And so bronies are a thing. Um, I don't really hear bronies mentioned as much nowadays as I did in the early days of the series, because it really, really was a phenomenon. It really was. And it's just, it's, it's slowing down for sure. Yeah. All right, so before we go into our review of My Little Pony, the movie, we need to set up Chelsea's history with this franchise and my history with this franchise. So let's start with mine. So I got into My Little Pony uh, about season three or whatnot, and definitely am all caught up, have watched them all. I think it's great. I definitely think that the first few seasons are much better, the ones where Lauren Faust was involved. But nonetheless, it's a smart, fun little show and definitely better than a lot or definitely better than a good chunk of the animation out there. So that is my history. Now, Chelsea, explain your history with this franchise.
1: My history with this franchise goes back all the way to 2015, where Morgan had both Mason and I watch My Little Pony Equestria Girls. <laughs> so Yes! I've only seen that one episode, and they're not even ponies in that whole thing. So... <laughs> I came in very new, very novice, having really no background on this film. And so I think that's actually a good thing because there's a lot of people who maybe are like me. Um, There's definitely going to be a lot more people that are like Morgan that will listen to this episode. But just in case, we'll keep it balanced, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's important to know that. And of all the things for Chelsea to see, like Equestria Girls, really? (laughs) Like, I feel bad about that because I am definitely very ardent non-supporter of Equestria Girls. I feel that the Equestria Girls spin-off was something that they were like, "Okay, you know, we need to get we need to sell more toys. We need some something else because we've already bought all their pony toys. We need something else. Oh, let's turn them into humans." And so they went off and they created this movie and this was released theatrically. It was a very limited release. Uh, And we'll talk about, but I feel that this, that was definitely a missed opportunity because at that point in time, My Little Pony, Friendship is Magic was huge and probably the top and its peak. And so for them to say, okay, we're going to do a movie, but it's not going to be a movie about the characters we know. I mean, it's the characters we know, but it's in a new environment. They're in high school. They're humans. It's weird, to be honest. (laughs) They really, this movie that we're going to talk about later should have been released back then instead of the Equestria girls but alas it was not. So, okay, so Chelsea has seen the movie, she's seen Equestria girls and that's about it. Now I've seen the TV series, I've seen all the Equestria girls and I've seen this movie now. So, Have you our next discussion like,
1: bonus movies too that they send us. Mhm. Like there was the one oh, those were DVDs where they take specific episodes that were like around Rainbow Dash or something like mm-hmm, that, right? Mm-hmm.
0: All right, so let's jump into this. Chelsea, based on your two experiences, who is your favorite pony? Now, let me set this (laughs) up for you. We have Twilight Sparkle. Uh She is the purple alicorn now. So she's both a unicorn and a pegasus. Very illustrious. Mm -hmm. Then we have Rainbow Dash. She's more of the sporty. She's all about winning and competition. She has a rainbow mane and tail. We have Applejack, who is the sweet as uh, southern pie and she lives on a farm and harvest like she... apples with her apple friends
1: yeah i feel like she has moments where she goes uh-huh. <laughs>
0: like she doesn't <laughs>
1: but i feel like that's what
0: they're leaning toward that's what her brother does okay <laughs> her brother only says one thing and says yup yup that's oh, his only mother. word ever well he's had, he's occasionally said something else but okay so we have rarity she's a she's a fashion designer we have fluttershy who loves all things animals And then, of course, how could you forget Pinkie Pie, who loves all things parties, balloons, and fun. Yay!
1: Okay, so based on this movie really alone, um, I really like Rarity. She's really, like... I aspire to be something cool like Rarity. I'm not, but I like I would like to be in my mind's eye. <laughs> like she's got the perfect <laughs> hair, totally on point. She's got everything perfect as far as making things aesthetically pleasing. And I'm like, wow, I really want to be like you. <laughs> and so, yeah, Rarity is going to be my favorite as far as like, I I feel like I re- relate to her on a spiritual level.
0: Very nice. Okay, An actual level, no. But she's had. Nice. Nice. <laughs> So my favorite pony, you know, there's so many good ones. But I've always had a soft spot for Fluttershy. She's very sweet and happy and she's just really funny because she's so timid and just not in your face. Yeah. But so they, they put her in very, very funny moments and especially when they put her with rainbow dash together and they have to fly somewhere and oh and Fluttershy just loves to just like flap her wings very slowly. And she'll get there when she gets there. And then Rainbow Dash is the complete opposite, where she's, like, pushing her, trying to get her there. And so I like that. But then, I mean, at the same time, I feel like I'm slowly getting a fondness for Princess Twilight Sparkle. Because she is the leader of the gang. And if you've seen the first season, it really sets up how she becomes friends with these ponies and everything. She's definitely climbing the ranks, but I still think Fluttershy is number one. And then... Twilight Sparkle is number two.
1: They really don't focus on on Shutterfly.
0: Mm-mm, not in this. Not not in the movie at all.
1: Not in the movie. Like she's hardly there. She makes a comment or two, but really, this is not her her thing. Mm-mm,
0: mm-mm. Yeah,
1: I felt like it was very much a Pinkie Pie versus Twilight Sparkle.
0: Well, you can tell who the popular ponies are, apparently, because if for Pinkie Pie to get so much attention, she must be popular. And I'd be interested, maybe I'll put a little poll in the show notes for this, asking the listeners who their favorite pony is, because they'd be interested to see you know, where it all falls. Yeah. But anyway, so now let's jump into the main event. Huge trailer.
2: I'm Princess Twilight Sparkle and this is my home, Equestria. A land filled with magic, music, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. and most importantly, friendship.
0: Life is perfect. Yeah. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Oh, oh, oh. Ooh, I
2: thought those are the clowns I ordered! You are or definitely not the clowns I ordered! Ryan! No! Oh.
0: Put your hooves together for Commander
1: Tuckman! How about we start with your complete and total surrender?
0: got
2: dropped easy as pie. Oh I love pie.
0: Wow. We need help to save Equestria. <laughs> <laughs> what is Company?
2: Get to her now. <laughs> we <don't need> no. <laughs> I love this family moment. It's me. all on me. I'm the one Tempest wants. We're in this together. Let's show these little ponies how it's done. It's it's the magic of yeah, yeah, friendship and flowers and ponies and blue. I mean, princess, no pressure. Luckily, I have amazing friends who are there for me no matter what. You have visual on buttercream. Visual confirmed. Go for cleanup.
1: Okay. That that whole thing is so colorful and just so sparkly. It's just like, whoa, (laughs) you are really (laughs) setting yourself up for a specific experience when you go into this.
0: Yeah, I love that their logo is just all sparkles. Here you go. This is what you're getting in for. This is the sparkle bedazzled logo. You know, we, the, the ponies spent hours with their bedazzling machines getting that ready for you guys. And this is just my little pony on steroids. Get ready.
1: Fantastic. Also, beware, if you watch the one trailer on YouTube, you will forever have pony videos in your sidebar. Just putting it out there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you you went down that vortex and YouTube's like, ooh, a brony. I know what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you'll like.
1: Oh, it's so funny.
0: So just high level, let's talk about some general information about this movie before we dive into the specifics. The studio is Allspart Pictures, which is, I guess, Hasbro's feature film spinoff. And then DHX Media, the director is Jason Thiessen. Release date, October 6, 2017. Budget, we're not sure. And box office, we shall see. I'm interested to see how this does, because uh, there's a lot resting on this, I believe, for Hasbro. And then the music is by Daniel Ingram. Which there are lots of songs. We will be talking about the songs. And that's something that is prominent in the My Little Pony universe are just random songs throughout just a random episode. So it makes sense that the movie would likewise have a lot of songs.
1: It's like every stop on the trail. They have a cue song.
0: (laughs) Yeah, right.
1: Here's the thing. I, as mentioned before... I came into this knowing very little about the actual show and I came out of it having (laughs) far more questions than answers. (laughs) All right. I, I was just like, what? I, I, I want I want to first off say that I came also in with it, into this with an attitude of, I actually want to like this. I want to be able to say after this movie I'm a i am would totally go home and watch all the episodes. I wanted uh-huh. to have this be a thing that like hooks me. But once again, like I I left with so many more questions. <laughs> I was like I don't get it.
0: <laughs> Shall we answer those questions for you, Chelsea?
1: Yeah, let's do that. And I I just wanted to put it off also that it's like, it may sound like this is just like one giant rant from me, like going through, because I have lots of questions. Um, But I did not hate this movie. So it was just like, left me with, I don't know where I am. Um,
0: Which I think that's the sign of a good movie is one where even if it has a pre-existing audience, where it can... deliver a feature length film and people who aren't fans or have no relationship with this franchise or whatnot can just come in watch it and have a good time and the really weak films are the ones that are very specific to a specific audience and therefore they don't connect or relate to anyone who hasn't seen the source material which typically leads to poor box office results so
1: yeah i mean okay first off I want to know about the progression of the pony. I mean, do they all start out as alicorns? Obviously not, because you said, oh, she now has her horn and Uh wings. So, okay, that's no. Um, But do they all start out as ponies? And is there some type of a progression that, you know... Like, is there a chance that a normal pony will ever grow a horn slash wings? Okay.
0: So before I answer this question, I think it's obvious that we're going to be talking about spoilers from the My Little Pony TV series and obviously the My Little Pony, the movie. So if you've not seen either of those or you don't want to be spoiled, you might want to just trot out right now. But (laughs) (laughs) thank you. (laughs) Trying to be more punny in my life, you know? I like <laughs> I
1: appreciate that.
0: Okay, so Alicorns, Alicorns as you know, there are only 4 in this version or in this movie. We have the two princess sisters, which is Princess Celestia who controls the sun and Princess Luna who controls the moon. The very I think it'd be interesting for you to watch the very first two episodes of the series because it really sets up that universe. Then we have Princess Cadence who is a fairly newer princess? You can tell she's, you can kind of tell how old the princess or the ponies are based on how tall they are. And to me, like Princess okay. Cadence is more of like a teenager pony. She's, like, she's not quite little, but she's not quite as big as Celestia. And she is actually married ish to Shining Armor, who is Ooh. Twilight Sparkle's brother. Okay. So Twilight Sparkle grew up with Cadence basically being her babysitter and whatnot, and then she transformed into this princess. And so each of the princesses in this world, you're a princess if you're an alicorn, meaning that you are a pony, you have wings, and you have uh, a horn. Okay? But, so to go to your question, do they all start out as ponies? No. There are three different sort of species of ponies. Here you have the ponies, which are just normal land ponies. They don't have wings, they don't have a a horn then you have the pegasi which they have wings and they do all things fun and fly around and then you have unicorns where they don't have wings but they have a unicorn and they also have special magical abilities that are tied with that now in the franchise you don't really see there being hatred among these three groups which is great i mean it's sort of you're born with different abilities and You know, you have your people, but we're all one. Like, for the most part, it's not a big deal whether you're a pegasus or an alicorn or a unicorn or a regular pony. Okay. Now, Twilight Sparkle, in the first few seasons, she was just a unicorn. And she was under the tutelage of Princess Celestia, and so she moved to Ponyville from Equestria. And so she moved from Ponyville to Equestria to learn all things Uh, friendship because she didn't have friends and over the course of the first series she meets these other ponies and becomes friends and then over the first few seasons she really develops you know this strength of hers which is her special ability to you know be friendship and represent friendship now you'll they don't talk about this much and i don't think you really noticed it in this movie but each pony has a cutie mark on their rump which if you played with the my little ponies figures growing up, you know, that they they do, you know, some have balloons, some have this, and it basically, there's this whole other storyline of how do you get your cutie marks. So there's little teeny ponies, uh, which we didn't see in this one at all, but they're even smaller than the ponies that we know, and they don't have cutie marks yet, because you have to find what your special ability is, or what your calling in life is, and then that cutie mark appears. So for Applejack, her whole family manages these apple farm, and whatnot, and so apples are her thing, right? Mm -hmm. So Granny Smith is the grandma. She has an apple-related one, and then Applejack obviously has apples, and so everyone, and Pinkie Pie has balloons, and so she's found her calling as being party planning and whatnot. Rarity has sparkles and gems and et cetera, et cetera. So that's how everyone is different, and they find their special place and their calling in life. But no, you do not get the ability to just start out as a pony, then grow some wings, then grow a horn. But for twilight sparkle specifically she there is a moment where she it's her defining moment as you know friendship goes and then she becomes an alicorn so she grows wings and then when you are an alicorn you are officially a princess it's done said no question about it so she becomes the fourth princess in the land Mm. so so
1: nobody else like is there is there a reason princess celestia decided to tutor her specifically
0: um, I have, I would have to go back, but that's just kind of in the very first episode that okay. she was, was under her wing. <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: Um, okay. So there is no caste system in this culture. Cause it seems like, you know, based on your powers or something you do.
0: No, it d- definitely isn't perceived that way. I think since this is a children's show, they don't right. want to say that, like, oh, the <laughs> land ponies, they're lesser beings right. than us. It, it does not come that off that way at all, okay. which I'm glad for. Everyone has their own abilities, and they're not really resentful or angry. I've, I, I don't even think there's been an episode, well, maybe with, like, bad ponies, um, but as far as everyone who's living in Ponyville, everyone seems to just you know, know their place in the world and they're really happy and satisfied. That's okay. one thing with the ponies that they've all kind of found their calling in life and they're really happy.
1: Okay, so there's no pony oppression or anything like that.
0: <laughs> well, there is pony oppression when bad guys come into the picture. Okay. Uh, whether that's another pony who's trying to take over or do something or just weird uh, creatures that come every once in a while as we see in this movie. But yeah, there's one named Discord who shows up a lot. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> that's, Watch that's, out. <laughs>
1: that's her that's her lot in life to add Discord. <laughs> yep. That's where she's happiest. And we all know somebody like that.
0: Anyway, um Well, Discord is a like half dragon, he's a man. Oh, okay. Male. And he's like a half dragon, half he's like every sort of creature combined.
1: Okay, so, so male ponies. I yes. only saw like two. You have the <laughs> the big stud pony, like the white yes. one, it was like Ooh. <laughs> Yep. Um, and then there's like some other one. Oh, and then there were like the two bodyguard ponies. But other than that, like, are there just a plethora more females?
0: <laughs> I think because this film and series <laughs> is targeted at girls, that they put a lot more, you know, prevalence on the female ponies. But there are male ponies that exist. For example, Shining Armor is Twilight Sparkle's brother, and he's actually kind of like the, the royal guard. And it seems like the majority of the Royal Guard are are males. And Applejack has a brother, but they are much less common, but they, do, they are there. And I think this film, there was a lot of Easter eggs and fun, you know, callbacks, little characters in the background who, if you knew, if you were familiar with the show, you would get a little smile when you saw them. Okay. Just brief- there were so many background characters, but... Uh, I think for that reason, there were some more males back there, but you didn't necessarily notice because it was like just a quick pan shot. But yes, there are much more females than males in this world.
1: Okay. Now, have they ever ventured outside of Equestria to other lands? I mean, not changing realms like in Equestria Girls, but like their own world.
0: Yes. So there's other cities and whatnot. Um, There's one called Manhattan that off the top of my head. Yeah, so there's other cities and different places in the land of Equestria and Ponyville. We didn't even really go to Ponyville at all in this one, but uh, yes, other places do exist.
1: And, and they have gone there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So now moving on to the evil pony. I have lots of questions about her. I th- her name is Tempest. And... Yes, Tempest Shadow,
0: but they call her Tempest.
1: Okay. So did the other princess or pony princesses know her from childhood?
0: No, she's a completely new pony. We I don't know where she came from.
1: All right. So they weren't the ones that cast her out in the first place. Good. Okay. <laughs> um, no, no, no. Not a question, but I really like her color scheme. Yes. Like, I was like, nice. I I really think I like you best.
0: She <laughs> had this ombre thing going on. It was cool.
1: It was, Yeah. And then she clearly uses her horn and magic throughout the film. So I'm just, my question is what does she think that is going to happen with her to get her horn back? Like from the storm dude, um, is it more for aesthetics or is it like her, her powers are actually hindered?
0: I think I, yeah, I think by not having her horn, it's very uncontrollable almost. That's why at the very end, she's able to just do these like crazy fireworks Mm-hmm. and just like blow off energy but as far as like the targeted sort of magic that I think she wants she's unable to do so that's why she wants her horn back which can I say say it you think this would be a common thing you know unicorns losing their horn but this is the first time we've heard of it but i mean it's had to have happened before it was just like a, a just a quick little swipe by a bear that destroyed her and i'm pretty sure other accidents had probably happened but
1: yeah Anyway, yeah. Well, I mean, here's the here's my beef with that whole story. Is at first when Princess Purple, um, the Princess Twilight Sparkle, Sparkle, yes, went against her power and as far as like being Miss Friendship. Um, you almost heard like a crack in her horn or like in the background or something. And at that moment I thought, Oh, is this what happened to the evil pony? She like went against her her principles, went against her innermost like qualities. I think that would have been a lot better of a storyline and like having that being the moral instead of I got hit by a bear. <laughs> like, yeah. Like I was just like, what? Okay. And as I mentioned before, I think that this movie really focused a lot on the princess relationship or the relationship between Princess Sparkle um and the pink pony, the Pinkie Pie. Pinkie Pie? Yeah. Like is that normal? Do they clash a lot?
0: I mean, every episode it'll either focus on one or two ponies and their relationship, not necessarily with Twilight Sparkle, but they're all kind of there but sometimes it'll be Rarity and Pinkie Pie sometimes it'll be Pinkie Pie and Twilight sometimes it'll be Twilight and someone else you know uh, they, they I think they do a really good job of kind of like splitting it up, and since they do have very long seasons that are twenty plus episodes, we get more of a feel for each of the ponies but there are occasions where you know they'll have a scuff and they won't be friends, but it's not necessarily something that's specific to uh Twilight and pinkie pie it's it just happens with all of them right as as relationships with girls and people happen
1: yeah okay, so at this point in time we're i'm I think I'm basically caught up with all of my main questions about the Pony universe. So let's just go more into the specific movie. With you, what were your thoughts like going into it? Um, were you excited about it?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I heard that they were announcing this, I was I was pretty excited. But again, like I said, kind of disappointed because I feel that this was a bit too late. And so I was always kind of interested leading up to this movie because I was excited that it was announced and it was coming. And it did seem like a good idea because the... The franchise still does have legs and has fans and is still going very strong. But I was concerned to see how this is going to do. And it's a bummer that we're recording this before at least the opening weekend because we can't even talk about those numbers. But I want it to do well because I do like this franchise. And I think it's a really good one. Now, again, uh, is this too late? If they would have done this three, four years ago, I think it would have been even more successful when it was the whole pony craze. But that's okay. We have it now. I was excited to see it, but then again, not really knowing what to expect. Like, were they get totally going to step this up, and it was going to be on a whole other level, and I was just going to be so blown away. It was, but it was at the same time, it was kind of generic as far as the plot goes. Which you know, occasionally they'll have these two-part episodes where this big force comes in, and they have to stop it, or venture, and the the, the six together have to do something, but. Yeah, I felt that this, okay, there's this bad guy who have never heard before, and he just has powers, and he has his henchmen, and they come in, and uh-oh, gotta go on this journey to go get something to, in order to stop them, and they have quite a few stops along the way, and then eventually they come back and fight the bad guy. Like, I feel that is is so done and overdone that uh, I didn't really love that plot, but, but yeah, I'll, I'll hold off my final thoughts till the very end.
1: Okay, okay. So, uh, throughout the movie, did you feel like every part of it was, like, exciting, or were there parts that you got bored, or you're like, okay, I'm kind of over this? Or or, what were your thoughts, generally, throughout the film?
0: Um, I didn't get, like, tons of excitement watching this movie.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. Uh, I was, you know, they have this big friendship festival that they're preparing for at the very beginning and that's interesting and it has Sia songbird which to me is just so cliche to have like a pop singer play a version of herself like I, I'm much more interested in a character like that playing someone new and exciting but underst- I at the same time understand when you bring in like a gimmicky person like Sia or Lady Gaga which they've done this on the Simpsons where Lady Gaga plays herself that you kind of have to capitalize on that mm-hmm. but and at I from the different promotional materials. I saw that there was this character, Sia Songbird, and I just wasn't sure how big of a role she was going to have. And I was really glad that it was very much diminished. We didn't, you know, she barely appears at the very beginning and then we don't see her at all really throughout until the very end when she has her big number, which is the reason you hire her in the first place. And it's the big celebration hurrah. And so, yeah, we have this, just kind of this, oh, we're having a festival. It's going to be so great. It needs to be perfect. And... You know, then it introduces us to the princesses and the characters for those who aren't familiar. And, no, you have everything you need. You can do it yourself. And off she goes, right? <laughs> and and then bad guy comes and ruins the day. And then the six of them have to go off on this journey. We have Princess Celestia who gives us this little tidbit of information directed at the sister. But then the sister gets turned to this, like, crystal thing. Uh, and so Twilight Sparkle takes it. And it really sets them off on their journey that, oh, we need to go find the queen of the hippogriffs. And off you go. So uh, I liked th- that, but then I kind of felt that we were visiting too much. Like there were too many side stops along the way. At first, we're in this random town, and then she has the the cat guy played by Tate Diggs, who really just seems like the cat from uh, American Tale too. Yes. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> you know, and he sings his song, and he's Yo. actually a bad guy in a little a little bit of a way, and. They're still being chased and then they go off and then they see these pirate birds and then they go off and they see the hippogriffs and the hippogriffs are underwater and then they, you know, and I just felt that there were too many, like, I felt there were too many stops with too many side characters that we had to meet and be introduced to that at the very end, they all just come together like, we'll fight for you. Ta-da! And it was like, oh, how convenient. All those random people that you met along the way are going to help you. <laughs> and I'm still not sure how just like a hand, like it wasn't that many people, maybe 10 or so, was enough to beat all these bad guys where before you had hundreds of ponies that couldn't help. Right. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, that's fine. <laughs> their ponies are very powers. docile and they're not fighters. They're lovers. So we needed all these other critters to help along the way. But <laughs> it just felt that I I would have liked less, I don't know, half-baked characters along the way. Maybe focused more on just the hippogriffs. When we got to the hippogriffs, I really liked them. Really? And thought they kind of had an interesting aspect to them and how they went underwater and they'd been hiding there. And they'd actually been hiding from this guy.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, see, I am a little bit on the opposite side of that. I really didn't like the hippogriffs. (laughs) I was like... Like, I liked... Okay, let's just say the moment I got bored was right when they got into the underwater sequences. And I'm not saying that they they were bad. It's just where I got bored, I was, where I started thinking, okay, like, where are we in this? How, how much longer do we got here? Um, Kristen Chenoweth as a pony was fun, but I don't think she was really needed. I mean, she didn't really have that much of a, of a part, I guess. The only reason that she was there was for her song, which was great, you know. But in fact, most of the new characters, like you were saying, I don't think were needed. Granted, that's how you get new people to come and like watch your movie. But I didn't really yeah. want any of them to come back. <laughs> no, like, I was like, <laughs> okay, we met you now. Let's move on. Uh, Tay Diggs as the cat. Like I just one for one thing, like I've never really seen the attraction to Tay Diggs.
0: His name is Capper. Yeah, a, a humanoid cat. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I would say an anthropomorphic cat. anthropomorphic. Yes, I felt like his speaking
1: performance was like kind of weird. I don't know; it was subpar. I I just didn't like it. Okay, he's singing; he's great, but I just like that whole section of them in the like ruffian part of town. It was just weird, <laughs> and, and he just he gets all softened up by the fact that Rarity like has some really well placed buttons on his jacket, like he's <laughs> that's how he knows his friendship is through rarity <laughs> though once again i've one i feel like i relate to her on a spiritual level so maybe i can see that but still like i have no reason to trust this cat like you've had the bird pirates let's just go okay let's let's skip them and go back to the we where i feel like they paid the queen too much I don't care how much they paid her. <laughs> it was like all the hypocrites in general were like wasted characters. They had like I do agree with you that they had so much potential. And like the whole idea of them being like like sea ponies for a bit is just really mm-hmm. cool. Like, oh, they're you're pretty and you're underwater. Ooh, that's interesting. I, for whatever reason, we, it's the whole underwater, like, you know,
0: let's move under under the the sea.
1: sea. (laughs) (laughs) There'll be no accusations, just friendly crustaceans under the sea. (laughs) Anyway, but I, they just did nothing. And the pearl. I have questions about the pearl. What the? First off, (laughs) where did it come from? What does it actually do? And like, is shape shifting its only power?
0: I... I (laughs) I don't know. I've never seen that thing before. I just accepted it for what it was. It was a magical pearl that allowed them to uh, change their shape. Okay. So
1: are there other relics around? Like, does Equestria have, like, a special saddle that, like, has (laughs) certain powers?
0: I don't know. Like... Why are the hippogriffs a just- saddle? Would be a symbol of oppression, Chelsea. <laughs> That's we true. just talked about that. They don't have that in Ponyville. It's <laughs> true. Okay, so the
1: hippogriffs are just that special that they found this pearl. Okay, we'll we'll just go along with that. But if they always had this pearl, why didn't they use it on the Storm King to begin with, instead of just using it on themselves to run and hide away as sea ponies?
0: They are not as smart as you, clearly.
1: Clearly. And then, why
0: don't they share it with the
1: other ponies? Like, how selfish is that?
0: (laughs) (laughs) The hippogriffs, I think, are really selfish as it is. They're just very self-interested and they just want to protect themselves. So when the times got hard, they fled and they said, okay, we can't handle this. Bye. We're going away. And so they just went under the sea. Yeah. So
1: why would I want to be friends with that queen?
0: Well, because I think all the queens in the land are friendly with each other and definitely on good terms. So Princess Equestria, no, Princess Celestia has a good relationship with the other queen, and obviously said, "Okay, yeah, that's the place to go. Bring him." You know, but it's funny because they send him off on this journey to say, "Hey, you know, go get the Hippogriffs. They'll know what to do." But they've actually turned themselves. You know, they're hide in hiding. But in the end, the hippogriffs aren't the ones that actually do anything. Only one hippogriff comes. Right. The other hippogriffs don't even arrive till it's party time, and <laughs> that one hippogriff, Princess Sky Star, is the only pony hippogriff who arrives, and she really doesn't do much. So, I mean, yes, in in theory, if if Luna was the one to go, I'm sure they would have had more backup reinforcements. It would have been better, but because of everything that happened with Twilight Sparkle and her trying to touch the pearl, she lost those allies and so then they really truly had to do it themselves yeah which was unexpected but that was you know a better ending to say no you can you can defeat them yourself you can do it all from your magical powers of friendship
1: yeah mm-hmm. so that that's my little rant on the hippogriffs <laughs> okay so what about the bird pirates
0: they were the least memorable to me what are your thoughts
1: I really liked their song. I really liked Time To Be Awesome. I really like Rainbow Dash's like, part in the whole thing. And there was this one point where like she gets up on the table or something and and Twilight Spark was like, ugh, don't sing. And she's like, I'm going to sing in spite of you. And I was like, there's a little part of me that was just happy inside that she did that. <laughs> <laughs> like, in general, I liked most of the songs in the moment. I just don't really remember them after is... I guess yeah. The main problem.
0: Yeah. In the moment, I did like the song. So we're going through. We have the very first song. We got this together. All of them singing. Mm-hmm. I'm the friend you need by Tay Diggs. So that's his, you know, trust in me song. Right, right, right. Time to be awesome, which we've talked about. One small thing that's with Kristen Chenoweth and a bunch yeah. of folks. I liked that. And I like, that in the, like, like, like you said, in the moment, they're fun and they are. They're not bad. They're not cheesy. Like, oh, this is the worst song I've ever heard. They're actually pretty good. Yeah. Um. And then Rainbow is the one by Sia, but after that, it's really kind of like, I have a hard time relaying it back to you, I'm sure. Maybe if I listened to the soundtrack a few times, it'd be better, right? Mm -hmm. But again, like I said, My Little Pony, this is something that they're known for are these songs. Uh, They absolutely had to have songs in this.
1: I think if I I had the CD or the soundtrack to it, I would have it on like a on a random playlist or something, just because I think they're kind of fun songs, <laughs> you know? So, like, I'm not I'm not opposed to them at all. I was like, okay, I can get behind these. I don't know, this, this whole movie, as I was saying, it was like I had a lot of expectation, I guess, or I, I wanted to really like it. But then there were just so many pitfalls. That I was like, you're really not keeping up with what I want you to be. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what did you want it to be? I
1: guess I wanted it to be something that Like, everybody was like, oh, my gosh, the ponies. I'm a total brony. I love this show. It's fantastic. And so you're wanting to... I came in with, like, an open mind of, like, I really want to like this. I want to be part of the crowd that likes this, you know? But this movie just (laughs) did
0: not do it for me. (laughs) You want to be the in crowd. I do. (laughs) Well,
1: I want to see, like... I want to see people succeed and especially like creative endeavors like this. I want to see like, okay, this is a great example of how to do something right. But, they just didn't quite make it.
0: So let's talk about the villain, because he's this big threat that creates all the problems. And his name's the Storm King. And at first he's like, oh, you know, he, he doesn't even come. He sends his minion Tempest, you know, to go. And then also a very funny character, which I enjoyed, was the Wisecracking Hedgehog named, by Michael Pena, which yeah, is rubber. He, he just has some funny, funny lines <laughs> that I really, <laughs> I did appreciate. <laughs> but... Again, he was so short-lived, so he was like the henchman to her, and and she was the minion to the Storm King. So there's all this build-up, like, oh, the Storm King, the Storm King, you think he's going to be this huge thing? And he's actually sort of goofy. Yeah. Discord is like that, too. Discord is really goofy, and crazy, and wacky. And so I felt that this had a little bit of it. And I'm like, oh, why did... And again, I say this every time. Like, I wish... Why aren't you more sinister? <laughs> but I really felt that I would have loved him to just be like a total force that was very overwhelming rather than him being like that on the outside and then inside he's kind of goofy. But... I kind of liked his wisecracks and just kind of... <laughs> I I really
1: did. I, I felt like he was kind of played a good role like as far as like he was pretty sinister as far as I'm not gonna I'm really not like budging on what I want I want what I want and this is what I'm gonna do and if you don't go along with me sucks to be you and even if you do go along with me ha you should have known I was a snake when you picked me up I liked him in that way because he was just like so his own character and I felt like she was definitely trying to like like she's just always wanting to get affirmation from somebody else that's why she was got kicked out of Ponyville in the first place cuz she was not going with her inner self i don't know he, he really didn't care like i just i want all power ooh look at the sun mm-hmm. goes up and down ooh i have so much <laughs> yeah.
0: you know and as much as i want him to be this sinister total threat he as far as my little pony goes they do have like the balance so it's very common for something like this to kind of have that but yeah that was a funny moment he's like sun up down up down up down up down it's like, <laughs> at the very beginning you know we have that where they very clearly say you want us to move the sun and the moon like they're that's not what our powers are for and so yeah. it sets up that like no we take our powers very seriously and then you have him and it's like nope <laughs> look what i can do
1: <laughs> i liked that he really had a lot going like the fact that he had the the pirates but they have like this whole book of like what does a storm king say like he's really you know done his his job and trying to make a systemized approach to world domination i i can appreciate that
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) so at the end i mean twilight sparkle does it again right you know, she has to choose between, oh, easy, she can just destroy him right away, or saving Tempest. She saves Tempest because that's she's the princess of friendship. Of course she's going to be a friend to someone who's not even her friend. That's true. And saves the day at the end, and the princesses come back. And that's one thing that I'm like, Ugh, princesses are so lame. They're supposed to be the strongest in the universe, and they just kind of allow themselves, just for convenience sake of the plot, to just get taken yeah, like, you're better than this. Like you have so much <laughs> more powers, you could easily destroy him with some magic, super quick, or at least have a decent battle. But no, and, and I get this. This isn't Princess Celestia's story. It isn't Princess Luna's story or Cadence. It's Twilight Sparkle's story. But so we need to dispose of the princesses super quick, so Twilight can save the day. Right. But realistically, that's not going to happen. These are very, very established, strong leaders and princesses. I expected
1: more. Well, yeah, like I feel like you should have had some type of a battle plan. Like, okay, looking at all of our different powers, how can we make sure, you know, and uh, to we can defend ourselves because they've had other villain villains come in prior, so do they just not expect that? Uh, mm-hmm. Meh. We're all friendship it and magic. what it is. Yeah, friendship is magic. Um Yeah, okay, and there are only four princesses like that staff you need all four princesses. Like okay, does how did the floor know that there's only supposed to be four? Oh, the floor? Yeah, remember cuz it's like <laughs> has this like star thing and like they all have to be on all stars of the of the flower thing and then have the staff in the middle.
0: So mm-hmm. <laughs> Convenient like, plot device, yes. Do, do but the one time, time that we're floor? all turned to crystals and are gonna be taken over, let's design the palace so that way this bad guy can use <laughs> our powers to his advantage.
1: Do they sure. redo the floor every time there's a new princess? <laughs> That's this is a really expensive renovation. <laughs> They're like, Oh, please don't somebody else do it for at least another couple of years. <laughs> like take any thoughts, like, okay, as far as who is your favorite special person just for the movie
0: i love tempest i thought she was a cool character she had great motives i loved her oh i that's one thing i loved her song called open up your eyes Open up your eyes. Like, it was a great villain song. And at the same time, we get to see... Like, it, I took it seriously. It wasn't goofy in any way. It actually had some meat to it. But then mm-hmm. it shows her backstory and her motives. And I loved the animation during that sequence. I thought that was super cute. And, it, I mean, we just get to see that all of us are just little, little kids, little ponies. You know, we're just trying to be happy. And then there's usually something that happens in our childhood or in our adulthood that makes us the way we are and hardens us. And so I liked seeing that we got to see that motive from her. And that song was great. Definitely the, like that the most memorable and a fantastic villain song. And I just thought she was by far the star of this. I thought it was so cool and unique that she was this unicorn with a broken horn. And everything that that entailed and that her whole goal was to get that back because for her, that was her identity. And we talked about this in our Roto Rewatch episode about Moana, the different themes in that. And Maui, he ties his identity to his fishhook and likewise Tempest ties her identity to this horn and even more so than Maui, because that's a part of her. And that's a part mm. of her society. There are, like like you said, three caste systems here. We have the, pon- <laughs> the land ponies, the unicorns, and the pegasi. And she's a unicorn, and now she's a broken unicorn. And, and that really created some turmoil for her, because once she broke her horn, the other unicorns didn't want anything to do with her. And that's pretty hard, and that's not friendship. And no. I'm glad <laughs> that she not. was able to meet up You know, unfortunately, she went down this bad path and she was very quickly accepted. Like, we forgive all your faults. No big deal. Oh, you were just sad, hurt little pony. And off we go.
1: (laughs) We made you what you were in the first place. So, you know, (laughs) I yeah, I really like Tempest, too. I, I wish that it would have been a different way that she broke her horn like more a little bit more complex than just I got hit by a bear, but at the same time, in that in and of itself is like you she didn't deserve that. The other ponies pushed her into the cave and made her do it, and then they turned their back on her. That's rude. That is not friendship. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I get that, and I just her coloring was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I felt like she was my favorite of, yeah. Definitely the movie. But I know that they were wanting to have Kristen Chenoweth to be her to be more of a reoccurring character later on as one of the hippogriffs. Like, you know, the hippogriff, I'm coming out to say hi. We're friends. Um, Because you're my only friends. She doesn't have any other friends except for the the seashells. Shelley and Sheldon. I liked them, actually. (laughs) Um, But I feel like... eh, she, I don't know. It's hard not I to mean, like I mean, she she
0: dropped out of the Tinkerbell series after a time. I feel like she's moved on. She definitely doesn't want to be going back to doing TV work. She'll do an occasional movie yeah. here and there when she has the paycheck. But as far as a reoccurring character, I don't think we'll be seeing these hippogriffs ever again.
1: Probably it's not. Unfortunate,
0: because I really did like their design. I liked them more as hippogriffs than I did as the sea ponies. The sea ponies were cool. And something new mm-hmm. and unique. And I like I like this world how it's not strictly like only ponies exist. We get to see all these other creatures and whatnot. But the hippogriffs were super cool. Yeah.
1: They were cool looking. I don't know. I'm just still bitter at the fact that they did not help them with the pearl. <gasps> like They're just running away from your problems. Come on now. Mm-hmm. Selfish. Totally. But <laughs> I wouldn't want to be friends with that princess. or Not the princess, but the queen. Like you're selfish whatever yeah this this movie shall we rate it we shall okay so i give this oh i give this a two star movie um me being an outsider coming in and saying i what did i get out of this i was left with less than what i wanted and like it just if i were to go back in and like Invest into the TV show. Maybe I'll watch it again, but at the same time, I really don't want to. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I'm gonna give it two stars.
0: Okay, so that's the perspective of someone who's not familiar with the series. Now, someone who is familiar with the series and has is definitely, you know, caught up to speed. I'm gonna, uh, I'm teetering between two and a half stars and three stars. Uh, I'm gonna give it two and a half stars. You know, and that's a fan. And I just felt that there was. It was very predictable. I kind of knew what was happening. They moved very quickly from all these different characters. It was, you know, that of course we were going to see them all again, and they were going to help save the day. There, there was so much missed opportunity with the hippogriffs and the sea ponies and everything that entailed. I've, we could have maybe spent a little more time down there and maybe cut one or two of these extra subplots. Either cut, you know, the cat or the parrot. Pirates <laughs> <laughs> and focused a little more on that. Cause I did like Kristen Chenoweth's character. I think she was kind of like a foil to Pinkie Pie. She was like the hippogriff mm-hmm. version of Pinkie Pie. And that's why they had that cool song together. And it was so fun, but we didn't really like all these new characters that were introduced other than Tempest who, because she's brought in all the time, cause she's always chasing. Mm-hmm. We don't get to see much of these characters to really grow and love them as much as I would like and yeah to the, the predictable plot it just but again this is kind of what they do for their big two part episodes there's usually some big force that comes in i just perhaps would have liked it to be set up differently i wouldn't have liked the ponies the princesses to be completely disposed of so easily and then you know off to twilight to save the day i would have liked a little more maybe a little bit more fight in those ponies but overall, it's not a bad movie, and two and a half stars is pretty neutral as far as two out of two point five out of five goes. It just wasn't something that I really think I could recommend to anyone who wasn't already a pony fan. And even then there were a few call outs and Easter eggs for those who are fans, but again, they they weren't they were just Easter eggs, they were just a character in the background, you know, this or that, and we, there were tons of them. And you're going to get mm-hmm. a little smile, but as far as like what did this add, um, I don't know. Maybe I'm giving it three stars. I don't know. I really like Tempest as a character. I thought she was really cool. And maybe we should have played up her a little more, a little more of the hippogriffs, and off we go. But again, this is the show where the ratings don't matter, and I can change <laughs> them at any time. <laughs> well, here's the question I had um,
1: as you're saying this. like, Is a movie like this supposed to add something to the series?
0: Well, these are supposed to typically be standalone, right? Right. But I feel like this should augment, this should be like a representation of everything good with the series. Actually, interesting note, typically this is done in a Flash-style animation, uh, Uh which is a lot of animated films, which look 2D, you know, and R2D are, but interestingly enough, this film was done traditionally animated. Wow.
1: I thought the animation was really pretty.
0: The animation was very good, and that's one thing that this series always does, is that for the show... The animation is very nice and very pretty. And it's interesting because we have that initial scene where we're kind of have this panning camera swooping through the land of Equestria and Mm -hmm. the actual buildings are 3D, but the ponies themselves are 2D. But I felt that they blended very, very well. Yeah. Where it was not distracting and it was, it was very cohesive, which I did appreciate because sometimes that can be very distracting.
1: Yeah. I thought it was great.
0: Yeah. And the animation, the characters, it was all very, very high quality. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think we're going to have any voicemails for this unless someone else has seen it, but... Hello, my name is Morgan. I'm a first-time caller, and just kidding, this is Morgan Stradling. Obviously, you've been listening to me on the podcast, and I'm actually writing my review for My Little Pony the movie, which we're going to post on the website and this was done a few days after our recording of the podcast and my thoughts, and they've slightly shifted and changed. I guess I needed a little bit more time with the movie, but I'm even more positive now than I was initially. And I don't know, maybe I was just in a bad mood or something, but but definitely I'm going to rate it higher. So let's dive into it. One thing that we didn't really talk about was how strong the soundtrack and the songs are. Uh, I know I mentioned that My Little Pony, they are definitely well known for their songs and their soundtrack. And that is part of the Pony brand is having songs. And so I was really, really impressed with the different songs that they had in this one. I think they start off with the first song, We've Got This Together, which is the classic, we're your friends and we're here to help little song, you know. But it introduces all the ponies. They help bolster up Twilight Sparkle. And it's just really fun. So it really sets the tone for the movie And then, you know, we have so many celebrity characters that I feel, you know, they needed to make the most out of them. And so that's why so many of them have their own songs. I think four of the five, no, actually five of the songs are done by celebrities or partially done by celebrities, which is pretty crazy to think. But they got to get their money's worth. Come on. They paid a lot to get these headliners. So I think the first one that we see is I'm the Friend You Need, and that's by Capper or Tay Diggs. And it's very catchy. It's a toe tap and tango. And it's funny because, you know, we we know after having seen this, that he's trying to catch himself up some ponies, get some money out of this. But uh, it really is very subtle and smooth and just fun. I, what I love about each one of these songs is that, yes, some of them are in completely different styles. Like this one's like more of a, a tango Latin beat, but they're all very cohesive together. So I really liked that one. Another one that really I loved so much was I Can Never Get Enough Kristen Chenoweth. I don't think there ever is a thing as too much Kristen Chenoweth. I'm sure people disagree, but I love the song One Small Thing with her and Peaky Pie. It was just happy and just super duper fun and classic Kristen Chenoweth. Personally, I think her voice is very memorable and something that blends itself well to animation. And she can play young characters and old characters. I think that's really something that she has going up her alley. We did talk about the villain song, Open Up Your Eyes, listened to it numerous times since. It's just so strong. I just love how it's able to encapsulate how she's feeling and she's trying to convince Twilight, like, you need to do this. But we're also seeing her motives and her backstory throughout it, which is a very, very cool way to have a villain song that wasn't cheesy or lame in any way. It was just very serious. And then the last song, Rainbow, by... The pony version of Sia, Songbird Serenade, is really, really catchy. And I think it's a perfect positive note to end the film. Those are just my thoughts on some of the songs. But overall, I think the movie is really great. I think it's very positive. It kind of is this classic, oh no, something bad has happened. We have to go on an adventure to go find it and meet some new people. And then we come back and we save the day. It's not anything revolutionary as far as storytelling goes, but I think it's something that works and they knew their formula and they knew their audience and, they, and they've and they had so many seasons with these characters. They know them so well and they know what works and what doesn't work and they brought in some celebrities where needed. They kept some fantastic songs. The animation is great. The pony puns are never-ending and funny every single time I hear them. And overall, I think it's just a really fun film. So with that, I'm going to give it Three and a half stars. This is my addendum review. Thanks, guys. Bye. If you do a party and invited everyone you knew, you would
2: see the biggest gift would be from me. And the card attached would say, Thank you for being a friend.
1: For joining us today. If this was your very first time joining us, and it, it probably was because of the subject matter we were talking about, My Little Pony, and maybe you were a fan, maybe you weren't, and I hope that you enjoyed our conversation. Are you more of the first timer, like myself, or are you more of a fan of the series, a Brony, as they would say, like Morgan? So I want to find out as far as like the difference.
0: Yeah, I'm interested. I think because this is a new film, and we will have people finding, you know, searching for My Little Pony. movie podcast and come up on this and it's kind of hard because when we do new films we don't really have a lot of backstory or time to spend with the film so it's to me it's a little harder to discuss Mm -hmm. because and and even if we're missing I I can just go and look up a part of the film where for this I can't and so we're kind of just going off memory and whatnot so the discussion is good but it's definitely different than our other episodes so you know major we're 157 episodes into this Most likely, we've done one of your favorite movies before, so just go to roaddiscovers.com slash podcast and search in the search bar for your favorite movie and check out one of those episodes. This was a lot of fun to do. It was interesting to see Chelsea's take. We had completely different takes on the film, but more or less had similar ratings on how this movie is overall. I am very interested to see what other critics think because most likely these other critics are not going to be fans, and then also how this does in the box office. So hopefully, maybe for our next episode, we will be able to give you an update on how the film has done. Or if anything, we will definitely be talking about it in our This Week in Animation podcast, which we release every week exclusively for patrons of the Animation Addicts podcast. Anyone who's $1 or above gets access to that cool news podcast where we talk about the news and the animation world from the week, and we definitely start that off with the box office. So next week, it's my turn, and I will be talking about how My Little Pony did at the box office. Nay. (laughs)
1: Thank <laughs> It's a fun time. So I hope that you decide to join us more often. We're glad to have you. If you want to take a look at our website, you can go to rotoscopers.com slash 157. You can see all of the notes for this film as well as any of the other episodes. If you're looking for a specific movie, you can just do random number of fun and just put a random number below 157. You can find a random episode and find out more about what we do. Make sure to leave us a comment no matter which episode that you listen to. If if you're talking about us on Twitter or anything, you can also use the hashtag AnimAddicts or AnimAddicts157 about this specific episode. Also, for any time, if you have a question, if you want to say shout out and let us know about your thoughts on this movie or any other movie that we are going to release, you can go and leave us a voicemail. You can do that two ways. One, you can either do that via the internet; go to rotoscopers.com slash voicemails, or... Or you can also, if you're within the U.S., you can call our phone line, which is 406-646-6575. If you're looking to support the show any other way, definitely Patreon is the best place to do that. Or just sharing with your friends. Like, that's, word of mouth is really the best advertisement still, so thank you.
0: Yeah, this is basically the alicorn of podcasts, okay? If all (laughs) those other podcasts are just land ponies or unicorns or, heck, even a Pegasus, mm -mm. this is the alicorn
1: there you go definitely share definitely subscribe to us on itunes we are also on stitcher radio and social media everywhere as rotoscopers or you can follow us individually at morgan straddling on twitter instagram and all things social media and my name is chelsea robson on all things social media website and everything like that so let us know keep in touch until next time we, we are, are the, rotoscopers. the rotoscopers. I did leave an actor's life for me. No idea where that came from.
0: Hello. Hello. All right. Um, what's the topic we're doing on this one? Having grown up in the '90s. Oh yes. Yeah.
1: How does that affect you <laughs> as a person?
0: <laughs> it affects. It affected me. <laughs>